Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together, we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we'll be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends cocktail wise so let's hear what's on the show this week edinburgh oxford the amalfi coast the netherlands and mexico city along with a ramble in the countryside all in this week's episode plus not one but two pieces of news from us the cocktail lovers edinburgh where epic experiences awaited us at the recently opened and altogether amazing johnny walker prince's street Oxford for a crafty little rye from the Oxford Artisan Distillery, while the Amalfi Coast, birthplace of Salvatore Calabresi, and the Netherlands, home of De Kuyper, come together to create Aqua Bianca Liqueur. And Mexico City is where we find Eric Van Beek, who tells us about Handshake, the fantastic bar where he is co-owner and bar manager. As for that countryside ramble, it's just one of a whole host of delicious drinking ideas we discover in Great Things to Drink with Mr. Lion and Friends. And what about that news? Well, first up, we are super excited to share that the brand new issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine is available now. More on that later. And last week at the Publisher Podcast Awards, we were absolutely thrilled to receive the award for the Best Food and Drink Podcast. Cause for a little celebration? Why not? After all, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a rather special cocktail. So I thought we would go, as you said, with having the celebratory cocktail. We so are indeed. What better way to celebrate than with something with a bit of fizz? called the dandy oh i like it already yeah now this is something that we've taken it from the Hawksmoor book one of their very first ones and remember we used to go and um, they had the drinks divided into lots of different sections and this one comes under the bridging drink section which okay. was the bit where people something for people to drink between three and seven it was <laughs> one of those things for the idol classes um <laughs> that they just like to have something after their port-fueled lunch and then something that would take them through to their oh, martini dear. time. Sounds like great, great <laughs> days indeed. Exactly. So we enjoyed this at the Hawksmoor and I thought we would recreate it here. Now, in the book, the Hawksmoor book, they do it as a punch that yeah. serves four to six people. I'm doing it just for us. So I'm not going to put it into a punch bowl. I'll just be mixing it in mixing glass and then adding the fizz a bit later. So we start with 25 mils of cognac. Is that each? No, it's oh. for the two of us, oh, okay. actually. So okay. 25 mils. I'm trying to find that on this little jigger carefully and um, I can see the concentration there. yes 
yes, indeed. These there aren't just thrown together, folks. These Not are, all the time. These are done with precision. <laughs> Particularly today, because there's quite a lot in here. Now, I can't yeah. get this one open. This is our Benedictine. Oh, I love a bit of Benny. Yeah, so this is just a little bit. So 12 and a half for the two of us. The specific measurement yes. here. Well, we? this is because, as I say, normally this would be in a big punch bowl, but I've sort of scaled it back Okay. just for the two of All us. Right. So that's 12 and a half of the Benedictine. Mm -hmm. Then again, 12 and a half of Luxardo. Which is, um, what do you, what is it, a kind of cherry type of liqueur, Luxardo? Yeah, I always think of it like as a sort of a, a secret ingredient of great cocktails because it's sort of, it, it's not something you ever think of having in its own right. But when you have a little dash of it in certain drinks, it mm. really takes the drink in a different direction. Exactly. So, so it's like the, the kernel of the cherry. Mm. Not the kernel as in I.I. kernel. Yeah. The kernel with a K. <laughs> right. So it's 12 and uh, a half of that. I.I. kernel. That well-known expression <laughs> you of know the what Army I mean. and Navy. <laughs> and then, lastly, 12 and a half of sugar syrup, which okay. I've made earlier that's a one-to-one -one sugar syrup it is yes, actually okay. there you go 12 and a half so yeah. we'll mix all of those up so we've got some cognac we've got some benedictine we've got some luxardo and then we've got the sugar syrup and then I'm going to, I'm not going to use champagne flutes. I'm going to use lovely coupes for this because okay. I remember in Chalksmoor, they used to serve them in beautiful champagne yeah. coupes. Okay. So, so that you didn't stir over ice, you just stirred I it. I just stirred it. Yeah, okay. And but the, the chilling is going to come from this chilled champagne. champagne. Yes, exactly. Right. So make sure Ooh. that it's... So, <laughs> <laughs> Super cold, your champagne. Oh, that up. And as I say, you can actually, we'll put the recipe for the punch version as well, because you can just make this up and use a whole bottle of champagne. Don't put ice in the punch bowl because that sort of takes away the bubbles. And, and then you just garnish with some seasonal fruit. So I've got strawberries. When we had it at Hawksmoor, they used to have the lovely red currants, which oh, look yeah. beautiful yeah. in this. But strawberries. We've just got strawberries. Good. Or none at all, if in, in fact. So okay. there you are, that mister. The elegant. I'm feeling like a dandy already. Well, you should be. <laughs> and congratulations. Well, yeah. There you go. Here's to celebrating our win at the publisher podcast awards indeed indeed cheers delish oh that is amazing my product this week comes from the great salvatore calabresi oh the maestro the maestro and one of our featured guests a few episodes he ago. was actually yeah he was on so check that out and uh, he teamed up a couple of years ago with de kuyper who know a thing or two about liqueurs and together what they've said about creating this product which is called aqua bianca right 
And it's a nice story, actually, because it goes that he wanted to reimagine a recipe that he'd come across from an old bartender's book, which I believe was sort of, I don't know, late 1800s or something. So he came across this recipe and wanted to reimagine it with lots of new natural ingredients for the modern palate. Okay. And you mentioned De Kuyper. De Kuyper is a company that make liqueurs, yes? Yeah, they are. They're Dutch and they've, they they probably what they don't know about liqueur making isn't worth knowing. They've been around for, I don't know, 300 plus years or something. So mm-hmm. this is their specialist area. So what a dream partnership, Salvatore Calabresi and De Kuyper. As I say, the idea is based on an old book and I think that leads nicely onto the design of the the bottle yes because it is unusual I'll just try and describe it for you it's it's kind of very much like a block almost like a slender brick Mm. but the reason for that and also the label which is a kind of what do you call that teal is that color yeah it's a sort of like turquoise or something and the label instead of being on the larger flat side is predominantly on the more narrow side and the reason for that is to represent the book yes uh, it's a nice idea so the the name is printed sideways down the spine of the bottle or the spine of the book book. absolutely it all suddenly makes sense so that's it gives you a bit of a overview do you want to have a little look at this bottle as Mm -hmm. well take a closer look there you go i do like the way that um the the label is on the spine as you say because you can store it that way can't you that you can imagine a nice line of these bottles on on the shelf look really beautiful yeah it's like we should i don't know whether we store it with our drinks on our drink shelf or with our books on our bookshelf yeah would look good in both exactly (laughs) it's like one of those um, little seats secret um, stashes isn't it that you could oh, have in your bookshelf gosh. yeah i'm just going to the library dear i'll be back in a moment uh so just to tell you a little bit more about what goes on in it so they've used all natural ingredients there are things like peppermint rose uh bergamot and particularly uh citrus and he's gone for not surprisingly he's gone for a, a citrus element with lemons from the amalfi coast which mm, is that's his where he's from home. Isn't it? yeah that's yeah. his home area and also somewhere we're very fond of we so, love uh, him, so that is a good thing so mm. why don't we have a little taste i think we should right, so while i'm doing that i he, uh salvatore he recommends or suggests all sorts of ways of drinking this so you can have it in in cocktails as well it's very specific yes. is it made for for mixing or well that's the great it? thing it's very versatile because he says you can drink it at room temperature, which is about what we're about to do. Mm. You can drink it over ice. Or he says, put the bottle in the freezer for a few hours and drink it straight from the freezer, which sounds like a nice mm. nice idea. But to your point, let me just pass this over to you. Thank uh, you. To your point, yes, being Salvatore and a great bartender, he has come up with a whole bunch of cocktails, which I'll mention shortly. Mm. But should we have this little... little a little nose. Mm. Nice and fresh and fresh. minty. Minty, very minty. But also Pe- some citrus, yes, exactly. Mm. Well, you don't even have to go close to the gasket, that's lovely. Mm-mm. Hold on, going in. That's oh, beautiful. It's very much like, mm. I think, because we're having it neat, not over ice, to me, this seems much more like a digestive, even though I think it's quite a low ABV, isn't it? Or not too it, bad. It's uh, 25%. 25%, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. So to me, at the at the moment, it feels very 
end of the evening, very um, palate cleansing as mm. well, isn't it? Because of that that citrus and the the minty flavour. So they cut through anything that you may have had beforehand. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Isn't mm. it? I, it leaves a lovely fresh aftertaste, a long fresh finish. Mm. I like that very much. And as I say, he does. He has some great cocktail suggestions on the website, which worth checking out. And what's great. They are fantastic cocktails, but they're all really simple. Right. So, for instance, there's a really nice stinger, which is just the Aqua Bianca mixed with cognac. Or, mm. and this sounds great, I, lo- I think we should try this one, the White Spider, which is effectively a, a vodka martini, but instead of vermouth using oh, this little fella. that would be nice. Yeah, lovely. So, I like this a lot. Very much so. And how much is this one? This is £28.25. For a 500 I like the 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being very specific here with uh, price, my pricing. And it's for a 500 ml bottle. So that is Aqua Bianca. Lovely. Right, for my pick, I've gone for a cheeky little rye. Mm. Actually, it's called a crafty little rye, but I'm thinking it's quite cheeky, in fact. (laughs) Now, this company, we've actually reviewed one of their products not too long ago. Um, They're called the Oxford Artisan Distillery. Red, red rye, didn't we? Red, red rye. Now, this is their sixth rye. But the reason why I've actually gone for it, because I just think it's so beautiful and really clever. So this is a limited edition and they've actually put it out on a ballot. Now, unfortunately, it's a little bit too late for the ballot because that closed on the 3rd of May, but you can actually (laughs) buy it in their distillery. So that's the only way that you can buy it. It's from their distillery. And then they also, they're always thinking of little clever little twists, which I really like. So one of the many twists that they've done with this bottle, and the reason why I wanted to review it is because it comes in a really fabulous package. It's it's actually 20CL bottle, but they've designed it like the most beautiful, elegant and slim hip flask. Oh. Have a look. What yeah, do you think? It's, it's gorgeous, it, it is, isn't it? It is. A, like, yeah, you say it's kind of got an element of the hip flask, like mm. slightly larger, but I like it. It's kind of, it feels very nice in the hand. Oh, it, it does. It does it's, uh, it re- those, it's like those cute little iPads. It sits right in the palm of your hand. It's got a lovely curve and it's got their nice distinctive label with mm. the, the, is that gold or copper? Is that copper? Uh, copper. And it's uh, beautiful. Really yeah. nice. And I just think that for a 20CL serve, this just a 20CL package just, yeah. just looks great. Smart. Also, they, they're also championing the fact that, you know, whiskies don't just have to be for winter. They've brought this in at slightly less ABV. It's still punchy, but it's less what than the 40. <laughs> so it's not that less, but it is for them. It's um 45 Point two ABV, but some of their other rides are forty six point four or fifty one point three. So it's all relative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. this one is, um, as I say, it's a crafty little rye, and it's made with heritage grains from their twenty seventeen harvest. So it's fermented for six days in a five thousand liter Hungarian oak cask. 
and then transfer to a lightly charred new American oak cast for two years and one month. And then it's finished in a vintage port cast oh, wow. for one year and whole, one month. A whole lot of stories. Yeah, exactly. And they say it's designed for summer sipping. So oh, okay. let's see. So we're on our way to summer. So let's get sipping. Mm. So as I say, you're going to have to buy this from their store in Oxford because the ballot for the 100 bottles that are available off the mm. off-site has, has now nice closed. Nice idea, the ballot. Thing. It is, exactly. Wow, Otherwise, that's a you say, gorgeous ballot. tail it to Oxford. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you can see that sort of port um, effect yeah, in that colour. It's like the, the red, red rye yeah, that they that had, had, that, that, that lovely nice colour. red hue to it. Mm. So what do you think on oh. the nose? It's kind of light almost mm. on the nose. Yeah. It does feel and lighter. You, yeah. Even though, as we said, 45 is still quite, you know, it's still quite strong, but they've they've made it feel it does feel fresher and lighter. Yeah. And you get that port a little. Mm. Oh. That's lovely. We've got um some sort of cherry sort of flavours, would yeah. you say? It's uh I don't know. I mean, it's still got, it's very distinctive as, as rye and it is quite, as I say, powerful, hmm. but not in that winter coat hugging kind of powerful. There's just something that makes its presence felt. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. It's, it's funny. It, it, it's funny you said about the cherry thing because I think, you know, there's that port element and it kind mm. of puts me in mind of a, a Manhattan kind of cocktail yeah exactly mm. and and also there is a bit of i don't know because we've just tasted the aqua bianca but there is a little bit of mintiness mm. in there i think like a, a spearmint or a peppermint or something but it does feel there is a freshness still about it i think yeah. and and also those berries really lovely so what do you think but it is interesting that you said about the all year round and, mm. and, and summer in particular. Um, and, and as a rule, uh, going, you know, old-fashioned rules, you think of whiskey as a winter drink or winter cocktails, and it shouldn't be that way. And I think it's really good that people like this are actually overtly saying, you know what, you can, there is a whiskey yeah. like this that you can drink now in yeah, the summer. Yeah, and challenging perceptions, yeah. which is great. And, and I, I think, think they've done a brilliant job of and that. And I think yeah. they do that really well with all of their, their drinks. So this one, as I say, is 20 CL and it's £25 and it's available from the Oxford Artisan Distillery in Oxford. And you can see a picture of this beautiful bottle on the Cocktail Lovers website and our Instagram page. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. I'm Adam Handing. I'm the chef owner of the AH Restaurant Group. And my cocktail hack is getting their little bottled caramel syrups to enhance my espresso martinis. Well, this is a bar review plus mm. i would say or plus plus even because we headed up recently to edinburgh and we went to a venue called johnny walker princess street yeah and this is something really really special not just in edinburgh but for the whole of scotland and the uk actually because it's very much designed to put the scottish whiskey industry 
on the map, which it is, but I mean, to actually boost that even more. So this venue opened in September 2021, after a four year, big old refit of the former Jenner's store, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a a big old store. So as you can imagine, as it's moved into this area, this is spread over several floors. Yeah, eight, and they've done eight a, floors. My, I mean, incredible. And mm. they've done such a great job on the design. Every little detail has a story to tell. Where, you know, even little things like you'd notice the angle of the wood or the air vents. And you think, they're all a slight angle. And it's the angle of the, the Johnny Walker label yes, on all exactly. the bottles. 20%, 20 degrees I or think something. you could be right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll go back into the investment that they've put into this. So, so this is a Diageo build. So there's a lot of money behind it. $185 million, which is invested in the whole whiskey tourism Blimey. thing. So mm. not only have they spent the money here in Edinburgh, but they've all also focused on four the four corners that they call of where they get their blends from. So you've got Highland, Speyside, Lowlands and Isla, which you learn a lot about when you, you go through the building. You do when you go through the building. And also they run some great little courses, fun courses, I should say. Well, yeah, experiences. Yeah. So we did, what did we do? We did we, the Johnny Walker... F- Journey of flavor. Journey of flavor, mm. which was this was great because those things, you know, you step in and you're never quite sure what you're in for. And this is an hour and a half, and we had a brilliant guide. What was her name? Now? Hel- Helen, a- Auntie, Helen. Auntie Helen, as she was, <laughs> she's styled, and she just had bags of personality. Mm. And she really brought the story alive, and then she sort of took us from room to room. There's amazing little light shows and videos and all that, and then there's another person i don't know if he's an actor or what but he took on the persona of john John walker Walker, Mm. yeah and and told the story right right back from i've never 1820 um, yeah Yeah. we've we've been to many um sort of distillery tours and experiences but nothing done quite like this particularly that journey that he was doing of, yeah it was very of the whole clever. 200 year history you know they're sort of he's walking on an elevator he's doing all of this everything is timed to the nth degree isn't it and it just yeah. really captivates you and actually you know you do take on board so much of the story more so than I think that I ever have with other experiences yeah. just because of the way that it's done it's, it's almost like a piece of Immersive theatre. Yes, it is. But then that's not really surprising because the people behind it, they've done things like the Jameson Distillery, the Guinness Storehouse, but also things like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there is that element of theatre that they bring to it. So it's really amazing. So we did that. And and also what was good about that, it was 20, I think it's something like £28 for that. For an hour and a half tour, but also you get three whiskey drinks in there. Yeah, you get a, an amazing highball. Mm. And they really are talking a lot about highballs, which I think is very good for yes. whiskey. If you don't think, you know, it's not by fi- the fireside and sipping, you know, highballs are a beautiful thing. Mm. And they deliver those in a really great way because before you actually start on the tour, you have to do a little questionnaire and that gives you your flavour profile that they will tailor your highball for you at yeah, the end because you when you do that 
that little thing at the beginning, you said you do it like a little iPad online, mm. answer question and answer. Do you do like fruit, do you like chili or whatever? And then you get a color-coded wristband, uh, wristband yes. which then when you come to your highball, it kind of gives you a clue as to what you're, what going, you, to what you're going to get. And the way they deliver that is yeah. beautiful. You get a really tailor-made tonic and, and whiskey based on your flavor yes. profile, and then you garnish it. And that's great, you know, because even when we were doing the tour, there were some people that didn't like whiskey on mm. the tour. And you may think, well, why are you even going on it, to be mm. honest with you? But sometimes they're with a partner or they're just curious or whatever. And and for those people in particular, these highballs really open up their mind to the whole yeah. whiskey category. So that was great. We also did a, a whiskey maker seller experience. Yeah, which was also an hour and a half. Yeah, this yeah. one was a bit pricier. It's £95 a person, but it's in the underground cellar. So you taste the exceptional whiskey straight from the cask and you have the exclusive Johnny Walker Princess Street expression so that one was really good and again you to your earlier point you you learn a lot about the the, the, four, four, corners, the four corners yeah. and the different characteristics yeah. of what those different distilleries bring to yeah it was really party, good yeah. you know so you do understand what the characteristics of a Speyside or the Isla Isla I think most people know that those tend to be smokier or peatier but the other ones like lowland whiskies and things like that yeah it really was good to taste them side by side and actually you get to draw the 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 whiskey straight from, from the, the car oh yeah we all had a go at that yeah which, which was lovely really, really nice yeah. so that was good and we made some lovely friends down there didn't we yeah, it was such the, a nice experience a nice group of uh, american yes. family over from kentucky yeah so and that were, was good that was fascinating because they were talking about their love of bourbon but wanted to know more about scotch mm. and then we started talking to them and we all had a great time together yes and and sort of learning about scottish whiskey you know yeah. so it was brilliant 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 um then they also have some other things like a johnny walker history adventure again 90 minutes and that's going through the archives for an exploration of the johnny walker artifacts and that actually that one i'll definitely go back for that because that would be brilliant and then let's talk about our lovely bottlings that oh, we yeah. did well, as well let's talk about the shop yes and it to call it a shop is a bit of an understatement mm. it's it's so many choices of whiskies, both the sort of the single malts that we tasted, but also lots of variations of the Johnny Walker blends. Mm. But as you were just about to say, filling our own bottles. Yes. So they have, you know, there's lots of interactive bits as well. And this one was one of the ones that you're immediately drawn to, aren't you? So it's um, you bottle your own whiskey. And what they're doing, which is very clever, I think, is doing a new expression for every season. Yes. So we were there at the tail end of winter so and that. the beginning of spring. So yes. we got both both expressions, yes. didn't we? Yeah. So you bottle those and you... You, you do it yourself. You pull it. It's almost like um, pulling a pint. Yeah, it's coming from a barrel, and, but you get a perfect measure to fill your mm. full bottle. Yes, exactly. And then and then you label it and you put all of your details on it and yeah. everything. And also we had it engraved, so yeah. so that was good. And also there's all these things, like you say, as well as engraving it, you, you, you sign the label with 
that you've pulled it, what bat- barrel it came from. And then you also get to sign a special visitor's Log book. book. Yes. And you put that in. And that, when that's filled up, that will go into their archives. Yes. So you become part of the story. Exactly. And so so each bottle, that's £80 a bottle, and the engraving is an extra £10. But I think if you're going there, you may as well go big, you know, yeah. and, do, yeah, <laughs> and do, the totally whole, agree. do the whole thing. And, of course, we hit the bars. Yes, exactly. So it's not just about doing these experiences. And, and also, you don't have to do the experiences. Yeah. That can be something you go back for. You can just come in, go to the shop. You don't have to go to the shop. You can go mm. straight up to the rooftop bars. Yeah. And they've got two up there, which are amazing views over yes. Edinburgh, aren't they? They are stunning. Uh, the first one we went to, the main one we went to, is the 1820 rooftop bar. And as you say, it, you can walk around outside on a little terrace and they are absolutely awe-inspiring views over that beautiful city. Yes. And we have a lovely guy, Murray Drysdale, who's heading up the bars there. So it was really lovely to try some of his drinks. And we will put those on Instagram because they are really, what would you say, they're quite pared back in look. But actually, there's a lot going on in these drinks. We had all all whiskey based drinks. They have got some other ones just in case people yeah. don't don't like drinks, but they don't like drinks, don't like whiskey. <laughs> but please do try the whiskey yeah. drinks because what, he's done some wonderful things. And what we should say about the way they've they've created the drinks there is uh bearing in mind that the original John Walker started with a grocery store in 1820. They've sort of said to themselves, uh, if he, John Walker, was opening a cocktail bar, mm. what would be on the menu? Mm. So they've taken uh, inspiration from that original 1820 grocery store, which stocked not only whiskey and the original blends, but herbs and spices and tea. Mm. So they've sort of put that thinking into all of these drinks. Really clever. And and, and the result is incredible, honestly. What did I... I haven't written down what I had well, because I was enjoying it. <laughs> well, I can tell you what I had uh, based on that thing. It's literally called Slow and Almond. So two of those ingredients that might have been in that uh, grocery store. And to that is added a Johnny Walker Blonde, which we had thought, Johnny Walker Blonde, Mm. what's that? But it's a special blend they've created for use in the cocktails here. So it's a Johnny Walker blend, but it's a lighter, very light by tone. Yes, Mm. particularly lends itself. And they've added some citrus. So this was, although it was a straight up drink, it's very light, very approachable, and very, very delicious. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody, but I can't remember what I had. But I do remember that they were all so great. And I was just talking to Murray the whole time and just sort of saying how beautiful they were, so much so that I've actually forgotten what <laughs> I had. But anyway, do have a look at the menu. And yeah. they were, honestly, the, the views alone are worth going up for, but definitely, definitely try the drinks, the drinks. and go out on the terrace because yeah. the terrace is lovely and it's it's quite big out there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You can't book the space, so it's first come, first serve, but it's going to get hugely busy during the summer um there's also great food there so you know make an evening and although this is as i say is whiskey focused uh there are some other ones but also i should say there are non-alcoholic cocktails Mm. there as well very important to stress that 
but again, based based on that sort of grocery store experience. And the drinks are all around about nine to yeah, twelve. Yeah, really pounds. good value. Yeah. And talking about the non-alc thing, one of the things that I really loved with all of the whiskey experiences that we did, they ask people if they're driving, and if they are driving, you can still join in the experience, but they give you a little driver's pack so you can taste the whiskeys when you get home. Very so, good idea. Yeah, it Very was. I, I love yeah. that. So you know, don't think that oh, I can only go if I want to to enjoy the whiskeys. You can take them away with you and have it later yeah. on. So we will definitely be heading back to Edinburgh for some of the experiences that we didn't do. Yeah. But we recommend anybody that's going there should visit the Johnny Walker Prince's Street. And also they are doing other tie-ups with the four distilleries that they've chosen. They've got the Klein Leash in Highlands, Cardu in yeah. Speyside, Glen Kinchy, which we went to yeah. in the Lowlands, and Cow Isla. Kawaila in Isla. And those are their chosen, their partnered four corner brands. And as you say, we went to one of them. And again, very entertaining, educational, but with a small E, that's a fun educational Mm. experiences. So that that was only what, 30, 40 minutes out of Edinburgh. So again, if you're in Edinburgh, it's worth doing that that little jaunt. Yeah. Yeah. So thumbs up from us. The brand new issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine is available now. And the theme, rather fittingly, is In With The New. We look at the best new bar openings around the world, some of the new bottles to have in your drinks cabinet, and we celebrate five classic cocktails reimagined for modern palettes, and there's a whole lot more. Even the magazine has a brand new look. To discover more and find out how to get your copy in print or on digital, See thecocktaillovers.com slash magazine. From the library this week, I have gone for Good Things to Drink with Mr. Lion and Friends, which was actually published about six or seven years ago. And I can't believe we haven't done this already. I know. I must say, this is one of my all-time favourite books. And it is, yeah, I I think it's quite remiss of us that we've left it into midway in season season three three. before we've brought it up. But it doesn't matter. Anyway, good good things come to those who wait. Indeed. This is a very good thing. (laughs) And perfect, yes. So it is by Mr. Lyon, or to be more specific, Ryan Chetty Wadi Wandana. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Have I said that correctly? Ryan Chetty Wadana. Yeah, yes. I think that was close. Yeah. So uh, here's put together this lovely book, Good Things to Drink. And what I like about it, um, well, as you said, there's a number of things I like, but it's very much about uh, a celebration of drink. And he says that in the same way it's a, a food, in a way that food is great for bringing friends together. Mm. And he says, and, and drink is as well. And it's very clever because... I'll go into some detail in a minute, but just as an overall observation, when you bear in mind how super creative Ryan has been over the year with his bars and the menus within those bars, you know, we've talked about some of these menus before and his level of detail in those, his drinks is off the scale. So you could think, oh my God, what's this book going to be about? Mm. (laughs) But he's paired it right back in the other direction to make drinks that 
are super accessible. Yeah. They, they might need a little bit of prep or whatever, but no more than prepping a nice meal for mm. friends. It's very convivial, isn't it? I it think is. that's his whole raison d'etre in this book, actually. Ooh, what's that again? Raison d'etre. <laughs> Get you with your French. Um, and, and also, he's taking that through into the way the book is constructed. Yes, there are things up the front about equipment and alternatives equipment. There's a nice section on, like, the store cupboard. So he talks about the store cupboard in Stateway. That you have a store like cupboard your for spice food. Jar or something. Yeah, like but he talks about the, st- the the store cupboard for your your drinks, whether it's for mousses or, or spices or whatever. And then, and this is what I really like, is the way it's divided by occasions. So you can look through it, and there are sections on the morning buzz, summer social sips, Friday nights, alfresco days, rambles, and so on and so forth. Mm. So you can sort of think, okay, what's the mood is it a, a you know a winter friday mm. or is am i going to go on a as i say a ramble with friends and uh find a drink a- accordingly and i think that's while i'm talking about rambles there's a lovely one within that if i can find it called the hunter's flask and it's so nice because you know you associate if you might go on a bit of a walk you might sort of fill your little hip flask with a you know whiskey or a mm-hmm. cognac or something but instead why not go that extra mile and he's got a lovely recipe here it's made with uh pear ginger gin and sweet a sweet whiskey uh and then some fruit like blackberries there's rosemary and you do a little bit of prep the night before but this is all ready to then decant into your flask and Mm. drink a a room temperature or outside room temperature and take that so why instead of taking a whiskey or cognac why not take a lovely pre-prepared cocktail yeah, on your ramble. Yeah, indeed. Lovely. Shall I pour this? Pa- pour this. Shall I pass this over to you? <laughs> yes. Or pour it over to you? There you go. Thank you. So it's, as I say, it's it's lovely. Oh, I like also the illustrations, which are just like little... Are I, those are Ryan's own I drawings. They they're are. lovely. Yeah. And he always really has a little... little drawing. Also yeah. with um, those little handwritten notes, that's his his writing as well. So it, it also draws you in so much. Makes because, it very personal. Yeah, exactly. And and the other personal side I like are the pictures of yes, him and the, his friends. So yeah, they're the all out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Enjoying the drinks, but also putting them in situ, you know. So you see people sitting down for the Friday night section, you see Ryan prepping the drinks and just lots of lovely, lovely illustrations, but also gorgeous pictures of all of the drinks and the little, as we said, little illustrations that Ryan does as well, which is fantastic. It's it's a lovely book. And I should also mention there is a section on lots of variations on G&Ts. So, you know, if you like your G&Ts, why not try a few variations so that is good things to drink with mr lion and friends the recommended retail price is 20 pounds but if you shop around there's lots online where you can get it a little bit less we first met eric bambi in mexico city in 2018 when he beat 34 talented bartenders from around the world to be crowned Bacardi Legacy Global winner. And if anyone tells you that win was luck, they only know half the story. Eric studied the form of that competition for two years, tasting every drink and watching every move of the previous finalists. And just to make sure he really stood out, he delivered his presentation in poetry form. 
It's that level of attention to detail that's seen him noted for running the most creative cocktail program at Bar 27 in his native Netherlands in 2019, and why, when he left Amsterdam to open Brujas in Mexico City, it was nominated for Best New International Cocktail Bar in the same year. He's now back in Mexico City, weaving his magic as co-owner and bar manager at Handshake, the super sexy speakeasy that went straight in at number 25 in the world's 50 best bars list. Which to our minds makes him the perfect person to speak to about why Mexico City is a top destination for cocktail lovers and how we can all bring a little of that Mexico sunshine into our drinks-making repertoire at home. Eric, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's always nice to chat to you guys uh, and to see you. So, um, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Our absolute pleasure, Eric. So, if we could kick off first with uh, taking you back, I don't know how far back, but when did you first, prior to moving to Mexico City, when did you first visit Mexico City? And could you tell us a little bit about your initial impressions of the city and its bars? Yes, of course. Uh, I moved December 1st, 2019. However, the first time I went to Mexico was, I believe, April 23rd, 2018 for Bacardi Legacy, where I competed in. I went back a couple times and over time I wanted to just make a, a change in where I was living uh, in my personal um, career, professional career. Not because I couldn't, I uh, wasn't happy in, uh, in, uh, in Amsterdam, I just needed a, a, a fresh start. Mexico City, my impression, it's very, very busy. I believe it has 28 million people. And if you have a car, you do feel that. However, if you mostly are going places by foot or by bike, you don't really notice that because there's a lot of green in the city. So it feels, yeah, I don't know, very calming in a way in certain places. And it's bars. Well, it has a very uh, rich cocktail culture. The, everybody in Mexico loves uh, cocktails. There's uh, some bars you have uh, visited as well, things as Limantur, uh, Henky Panky, Baltra, Caito. Now there are um, uh, hotel bars like uh, 50 Mills, and now there are like, new bars like Taverna and uh, Handshake, for example. So yeah, there's big, big cocktail culture for sure. Fantastic. So why did you make the move from Amsterdam to Mexico City? Well, when I won Legacy, I thought I was, uh, could do anything professionally. So I was, at the time, I was at, um, you might recall, at uh, Bar 27 in Amsterdam. Mm. And it was very luxurious, and it actually was nothing like me at all. I mean... You fitted in very well, though, Eric. Oh, well, I played the part, but it's not really <laughs> my style. <laughs> And I wanted to do things with the bar that I just couldn't because I didn't have the power or the, uh, to change certain things. And at the end of the day, it was a hotel bar. Mm. And I wanted something a little bit more casual. And I wanted more uh, influence on the actual space. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Mexico City to open Brujas. 
which is, is a uh, all female bar in Mexico City. That kind of fell in the water for a variety of reasons. I left, and then the, my partners at Handshake contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be partner at uh, at Handshake and open it uh, with them. And here we are. Wow, that's fantastic. Interesting as well, because you mentioned just now about, you mentioned a few of the, the, the bars in Mexico City. At the time of speaking right now, there are four bars from Mexico City on the World's 50 Best Bar list from 2021. So could you tell us a little bit your observation on why you think uh, they've done so well to get four bars on that list? First of all, can you believe that? <laughs> I know. It's amazing. I loved seeing that. Yeah, it really absolutely. was a great list. Absolutely bonkers. I Well, the first things first is that Mexico is the only country that really had the shortest period of COVID. So they closed three months and then they reopened. I was then in, the, in Amsterdam still. And then they closed for one more month. So in total, really, they only closed for four months. And there was restrictions and things of this nature, but the, the hospitality was open, even though the bars closed at eight. Tulum and Playa del Carmen was wide open, it was big parties. So it took people from, from, from the States, from Europe, it gave them an opportunity to, to escape COVID. And most people stopped through Mexico City, including probably the, um, some of the Academy of 50 Best voters or chairman or so I think that is what helped put Mexico on the map. I mean, it definitely didn't hurt that we were one of the few countries that were, that were open. And because we were the, one of the few, I had the opportunity to see what Mexican bars did. So that's very good for us. I wasn't aware of that, actually, but that's a, a great insight into it. But it's good opportunity for people to, to discover your bars. So... As someone who's traveled extensively, particularly as part of your legacy win, which is, you know, fantastic, how does Mexico City's bar scene compare to other cities in the world? The first thing that I, that no, notice, that I noticed is that the drinking culture is much higher than in, for example, London, Netherlands. Now, when I say drinking culture is higher, is that the volume of drinks of cocktails that are consumed is higher. Wow. So when you have a beer in, or a wine in, 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 in overall, about a regular consumer in the UK or in Europe, that turns into a martini and a shot of mezcal in Mexico. So the amount of alcohol, hard alcohol, being put away by the consumer is very high. Like one of one of the highest per capita per country compared to anything. Now the level of drinks that is to that is another obviously that's all in the eye of the beholder. But for me, the level of London in technical detailed drinks is higher. But just pure consumer, the, the, the Mexico is much 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 better for cocktails. But we have um, thirty two seats. And we do, uh, we're open seven days a week, but we do 32 seats. And we do about 1,300 drinks a week. Wow. wow. <laughs> <So we're almost laughs> That's incredible. Turning into high volume almost. 
It's interesting as well because uh, Eric, you just touched on on your bar. It'd be nice to talk a little bit about it. In, in fact, let's talk a lot about it. Um, <laughs> hand, your bar handshake. We talked about the fifty best bars list. It shot in at twenty five, number twenty five in the awards, which is an amazing achievement. Congratulations on that, by the way. And could could you, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about the look and feel and the vibe of the bar? Yeah, of course. Um, so the bar is very. So it's a speakeasy bar, and if you walk in, it's very dark. Well, the, the, the layout is very dark, very Art Deco-ish. However, we have a very contradic- contradicting um, bar. Like, for example, when you walk in, you think it's going to be very dainty and, and kind of posh in a way because the, the, the layout. However, just you hear like 80s music and, you know, um, Freddie Mercury coming through the speakers. And then you get served in a very Japanese style way. So you have a ushiburi that you get present that every guest gets before they start their drinking experience with us. And our menu is very yeah, colorful and our glassware is very nice. But then our interaction and service that we provide is very laid back and friendly. So everything you would find in your neighborhood bar and in a five-star hotel, that kind of together. What a wonderful combination. I know. It looks like a really elevated experience. We have got some details in the next issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine that somebody, one of your locals, has has written it for us. And it really has made us want to get to you even more. So congratulations. So tell us, we, you've described the vibe a little bit. Tell us about the drinks and your approach to making them. Well, that was definitely a thing. Like, I'm obviously not Mexican. And the drink style in Mexico overall, and Hanky Panky, the Montour, it has the same line, not has the same vibe. However, I don't really understand that style because I'm not from here. And it was already here, so I couldn't do that. Because how can I dif- differentiate myself if I'm copying the same style? So we chose to make it very minimalistic, however, very flavorful word. Um, so we use... Ingredients from Latin America, uh, Mexico, or uh, everything that's grown here, because we're very lucky that Mexico doesn't have seasons, so everything grows throughout the whole year. And we uh, manipulate those ingredients with certain techniques or machinery or whatever, and present uh, those ingredients and drinks to the guests like they've never had it before, like they would be presented in London or in Singapore or in Paris. So that's how we approach our drink program could, could you give us an example of that please yeah some of the drinks that you have got now for example we have a drink that's it's called the mexi tie it's probably the fan favorite at the moment it is the julio tequila that we wash with coconut oil and then we distill a thai lime leaf that's grown here by one of our farmers so we, we put that together and then we have clarified tomatoes as dilution that we balance out with citric and tartaric acid and then basil oil on top. So on the menu, it reads Nahulia uh, Blanco tequila, coconut, macrude lime, because kaffir lime is now uh, seen as uh, offensive, a word, so they would change it to macrude. Tomato and basil oil. So people usually think they're going to get like a creamy, maybe slight reddish drink, and then they get a gimlet martini style drink pushed towards them. And they'd be like, whoa, what's this? And then they take a sip, like, okay, now I get it. So the, 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 we have like uh, this, uh, every drink 
that people get, we want them to be a little bit um, taken back by how we present it to them. Like uh, similar to the Artesian did with Simona and Alex with the great vessels, yeah, we I want know. to push it in the exact opposite way by minimalizing their expectations and then giving them flavor, something that they sip on them like, wow, I not expect this. Kind of like that. You know, you're talking about your your drinks and the flavors that you put together. What do you describe? I know you you talked about the um, volume that Mexican drinkers drink in. Are they adventurous in their in their cocktail consumption? So in the beginning, absolutely not. Our first months, we were in the red numbers. We had more staff on a Friday night than guests. It was yeah, it was terrifying. And then one day, it just it was a Thursday. I remember it very clearly. And we had like 72 people outside. Insane. And we were like, okay. And we made the drinks very cheap. And people came and they started trusting us because the drinks were nice. And we treated them well. And eventually it just, yeah, it just changed. And mm. people liked the style. Obviously, they still go to all the other bars. But they like our style as well now. So. And also, you know, you talked about the the setting, and I think that that probably has a lot to do with it as well, because from what we see of what it looks like, I think that that beautiful Art Deco setting that you've got, that plays a huge part as well as the drinks. So it's the whole experience. Yeah, I think so as well, yeah. Yeah, and you've painted a lovely picture for for us, you know, with the style of the bar and and the drinks, and, and you've got my gastric juices going with that description <laughs> of the drinks but if we had to put you on the on the spot and say what are you most proud of because you know you've moved to that city you've already made a huge impression with your bar what are you most proud of so far i'm, I'm the most proud of is what we're doing with the team so as you might know uh, mexican uh, citizens are usually in bars work six days a week and hours a day get paid, uh, 50% black, 50% white, don't have insurance, things of this nature. What we, um, and, don't, and are not able to get a traveling experience because, yeah, it's usually only one person. So what I'm very proud of is that um, we provide um, everything, 100% um, salary in white so they can build credit. What do you, sorry, Eric, before you carry on, what do you mean 50% black and, and 50% Under the table. Right, okay. Oh, mm. right. So, you know, they can't build credit on that. Right. It goes through a third party. So I'm very happy to say today with us, they can build credit. Everything is in white, on the table. They, mm. get ins- they can insurance from the company, staff meals. They get uniforms from the company. And we give them an opportunity to travel. So I take every travel that I do now, I'm taking somebody else uh, with me from the team. So I just came back from Europe where um, I took David. He's one of our, the bartenders who's been with us the longest. And he has never, he had never left the country. Now next week, we're doing the same with Jennifer. And three in three weeks, we're doing the same with Gigi and so, and so on and so on. So to, to give them more experience about life, and also bartending, but also that they can go outside of Mexico and experience the world with other people. That mm. it's not, you know, I think that's very valuable. Wow. That's amazing. Well done. That's lovely. Yeah, I love that. Um, so we've spoken about Mexico City, and it's probably beautiful weather there right now. Is sure there is. A way, 
Always. <laughs> yeah. Is there a way of bringing some of that Mexico warmth and sunshine into our drinks making at home? So, you know, some easy tips that you can think of that, you know, just adding some different flavours that people it, can in do. Chilier, in chillier climes yes, like Yes, especially for London. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, um, actually, the most easiest thing that, I, that, that put me back was a suero. A suero is, I don't know if you remember that, if you had it. It's um, it's a non-alcoholic drink actually. It's a um, a highball drink with a um, with a salt rim, a splash of sugar, a splash of lime, and just soda water on ice. And you stir that up, and you have like a big salt rim. So it's actually a non-alcoholic margarita in 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 a way. And people drink these things all the time, and it's delicious. However, for alcoholic drinks. Good michelada, like for example, um, tomato juice, soy sauce, Worcester, and then topped off with like a, a lager with a salt rim as well, with a splash of lime. Very delicious. And as far as cocktails, what you could do is whether if you like spicy stuff, you buy a couple of habanero chilies, cut them up, and then just let them infuse in a, in a jam jar with um, some neutral grain spirit or vodka. Put that in a in a dasher after two three days, and any drink that you have that you might make at home, you can dash a couple of those uh, that the tincture in there, and will like give you some spice, some nice heat to it. Don't overdo it, but <laughs> you know. but that is perfect. Oh, that's a that is idea. that's Mexico in a glass right there, yeah. isn't it? A teeny bit of chili. As we've already alluded to, we we're desperate to come and <laughs> visit you. But uh, uh, for other cocktail lovers like ourselves, when we when we do visit Mexico City, as well as all these great bars, your great bars, and the other great bars, what are the other things that cocktail lovers should be looking out for to enjoy in Mexico City? What other things should we be looking forward to? I took Shingo and uh, Yuya from the SG Club. We went to uh, a local market called San Juan Mercado. And they have like um, stands with salsas and fruits and vegetables and chapulines, which is where they sell the insects and uh, tacos or tacos with camoles, which is uh, escamoles, which is like larva uh, like of, uh, of flies, I believe. Or So they have like all these kind of different insects. Things. Um, yeah, um, or a pulcaria, which is like a fermented agave juice uh, with flavor, without flavor. It's like uh, very hip and trendy here. Besides doing all the sightseeing, also you can go to the mariachis or on, on Sunday you can go to uh, Lagunilla, which is like a local market, like a flea market where everybody goes. So things of this nature is very, is very fun for people uh, that, that are in our industry. So like if you would come... I would probably just take you there. Perfect. And what are you enjoying most about being in Mexico City? Ooh, I think just the doors that are op- are opening itself to us, you know, and like, you know, in Amsterdam, we're very, in, in, in Europe, period, we're very spoiled because, you know, everybody's there and, and mm. we have everything. And But here in Mexico, it's life is very simple, very, very, very fast, but very simple in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, however, because of that, like um, we just focus on what we, we, we do, which is the bar. And that, for some reason, opens up a lot of doors, for example, travel or meeting people or receiving people. And so what I'm enjoying the most is that, like, uh, obviously, after two years of COVID. Uh, it's nice people can travel again. 
yeah, like I uh, I enjoy uh, the, the, the 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 success we are having, uh, regardless of fifty best or not. Like if it's an award related to it or not, it's just that we're doing very cool things with a lot of cool people, and I enjoy that. And people are learning, and people are motivated, and I haven't seen that in a long time in a, in a bar. So that's that's very energizing is that the right word yeah definitely and motivating and inspiring so wonderful and that's the reason why we have focused on Mexico City for our international section for the magazine and that's the reason why we wanted to have you on to talk about it because you know we think it's really exciting that it has been recognized in this way and we as well as everybody else cannot wait to get over to Mexico City to experience the bars but definitely to pop into Handshake and to see you and your team. Yeah I mean waiting on you so (laughs) (laughs) fantastic thanks eric thank you very very much. much you're very welcome thank you for listening to this episode of the cocktail lovers podcast we really hope you enjoyed it if you did please tell your friends and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.